going on, everybody, and welcome back into the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here for a Thursday night pod, and Tom, we promised it, so we're here. Classes in session. Everybody who is interested in the new MLB rule changes, now is your time. Listen to it immediately. Listen to it as get back to opening day. Or shit, listen to it a few times if you're still a little confused, but we're ready to go, man. How are you? I'm good. I just had an espresso recently to try and keep me awake. Um, and I'm ready to ask a few questions because you're driving the bus on this one. Uh, I have no idea what the rules changes are. I have like That's a okay. small idea, but you know, the details and stuff will let you fill in. That's all right, man. Listen, we've, we've been covering a lot over the last couple of days and weeks. And this one kind of got lost in the shuffle. Obviously baseball, we don't talk about for a long period of time because after that little flurry of free agent moves and so a couple of trades, Baseball kind of goes away from October until, shit, uh, March 30th, which is opening day. So this can get lost in the shuffle, so now's a good time to do it. Um, you're ready to ask some questions. You've got your espresso. You're caffeinated. And now we're ready to give this little seminar on the new rules. So let's start with the pitch clock, Tom. I'm just going to go down the docket and then allow you to open up with any questions. So there's going to be... A 30-second pitch clock in between batters. So every time a batter steps to the plate, either it, it makes an out or gets to gets on base, there's going to be 30 seconds for the next batter to get into the batter's box and hit. Uh, the pitcher will have 20 seconds to deliver a pitch with runners on base. Uh, if the pitcher does not do that, uh, it'll result in an automatic ball. There's going to be a 15-second pitch timer to deliver a pitch with no runners on base. So getting the throw from the catcher, uh, again, failing to do so in that time will result in an automatic ball. Um, batters, they have to be engaged with the pitcher, meaning that they are squared up to the pitcher and ready to hit when the timer has eight seconds on it. So that means that if there's nobody on base, they only have seven seconds to do it. And if there is somebody on base, they only have 12 seconds to do it. So far, that's where I want to stop before talking about disengagements and other things. What are your thoughts on these rules, and what are the questions you might have? Um, so the pitchers essentially, so batters have 30 seconds to get into the box? Correct. In between at bats, not per pitch. Correct. And then, so let's say, you know, you're batting second, uh, somebody flies out, whatever, you're coming into the box. From the second that ball is caught and thrown in to when you're supposed to be up, you have 30 seconds. Exactly. Once the pitcher okay. gets the ball back, the batter has 30 seconds to get into the batter's box. Okay. And he has so to then, be engaged with the pitcher with eight seconds left. So then first pitch ball, that means, and there's nobody on base, on base. that means you have seven seconds to step out and step back in? Correct. If there is somebody on base, you have 12 seconds? Yep. Okay. And that's for the duration of the at-bat. And then pitchers, um, 20 seconds, right? 20 seconds with a runner on base. Per pitch or between hitters? Per pitch. And then with a runner. Between hitters is always 30 seconds. What would you say? Oh, it's always 30 seconds regardless. Okay, and then um, if that's a runner on base, you have, what did you say again? If there's a runner on base, they have 20 seconds to and deliver a pitch. if there's not? 15 seconds to deliver a pitch. Okay. Now let's say, so let's say the batter, 
the batter gets into the box within his 30-second window. He steps in. Then the pitcher's clock begins. So the pitcher's clock begins once the hitter steps into the batter's box. Oh, okay. This is this is. So the hitter has to get into the box, and then the pitcher's clock starts, and then and then we go, and then the hitter has to get into the box, and then the pitcher's clock starts. It's like the hitter's on the clock, then the pitcher's on the clock. It's like let's just put up a 35-second clock, and whoever is not ready to go, the umpires can determine that <laughs> they're penalized. Well, I just, that, well that's, that's what it is because in your scenario, again, the batter, let's say the previous batter flies out or it's the start of the inning, whatever. The batter's ready to go. The umpire at his own jurisdiction will signal for the clock to start. Once that clock starts, all the rest of the action begins. Uh, pitchers and catchers have to get on the same have to get on the same wavelength in terms of what they want to throw, and the hitter has to get engaged with the with the pitcher by the eight second left mark on that pitch on that pitch timer. What do you mean engage? My like, if you're in the box, it's time to hit. No, not always, because sometimes that they're still kind of screwing around with the with the batting gloves. Once you're in the box, the pitcher then drives the bus. So that's the interesting thing that I like is the pitcher is going to have a lot of opportunity to fuck with these hitters. Meaning if the pitcher's standing on the mound and ready to throw, we've seen time and time again where hitters who are getting into the batter's box, they can kind of take their sweet old time and the umpire has to give them that time. The umpire doesn't have to give them that time anymore. So if the pitcher's ready to throw, they could throw it with 14 seconds on the timer. They could throw it with 12 seconds on the timer. They could throw it with two seconds on the timer. Yeah, it's just, it's, I guess, once the 30-second clock starts and the pitcher's on the clock, it's just, I think that they should throw up like a 40-second shot clock total. And then once the batter's in the box, it's time for the pitcher to go. That should be plenty of time between each for the pitcher to determine the pitch he wants to throw and for the batter to get set. I just one clock. Wanted... Keep it simple, stupid. Well, I think the reason – well, there is only one clock. It's just the parameters within that clock that are being used. And so now so now the umpires have to count? So what's what's the clock? It's like, well, they're okay. not counting. There's, there's a time there's – a, there's a clock out on the center field scoreboard. And there's also one that's right. That's going to be kind of right behind home plate, a little off to the side. But you're so the telling me there's. But you're telling me there's only one clock. So somebody gets out. The thirty seconds goes up, right? Mm-hmm. The guy, the pit, the guy gets in the box. The clock must reset to mm-hmm. twenty seconds, right, or to fifteen seconds, right? To tw- uh, to fifteen or twenty, yeah. Well, let's say yeah. Let's say let's say the first guy of the game, right? All the festivities mm-hmm. are over. The catcher's thrown down to second base. 30 seconds are on the clock for whoever the Yankees leadoff hitter is, right? Yankees leadoff mm-hmm. hitter gets into the box with 18 seconds are up on the clock. That clock yep. will then turn to 15 seconds because the pitcher's on the clock now, right? Correct. Why can't we just throw up 45 seconds? And if it hits zeros, the umpire can determine whose fault it was. I mean, this is, again, they're just going to use that 30 seconds, and within that 30 seconds, he's going to say, okay, you're ticking down to eight seconds left. You better be ready to, you better be ready to hit. And the pitcher's obviously then going to have the opportunity, again, earlier in that time, if they throw a strike and the batter's not ready, that's going to be, it's going to be awarded a strike. If the 
pitcher isn't ready and the batter's ready to hit and the pitcher takes too long, that's going to be a ball. So it's not like there's four different clocks and it's resetting a couple different times. The clock's going to run, and within that 30 seconds or 20 seconds, there's going to be the umpire saying, all right, let's, let's get it going. The pitcher knows that he has to deliver the ball within that time. The hitter knows that he has within to Within what time, though? Because, like, it's supposed to be 15 seconds, but if there's 20 seconds left, is it like one of those things where if the clock goes to zero, they get an extra two ticks to get the snap off in football? That's what we're going to have to see. That's what we're going to have to see, right? Because we know play calls in the NFL, when that snap is made, the refs always give that about what feels like two or three seconds, but in reality is probably, you know, a second of grace period. So the umpire is going to have to do the same thing. It's going to be a little bit of trial and error and a little bit of the spring training games I've watched. Some of the umpires have been a little trigger happy to say you weren't ready to go and I, they award the pitcher and they award the batter a ball. Yeah, I just I mean I like obviously all the rules to speed up the game. I just think that there's way too much onus one on the umpires and two there's just way too many things going on there and something's going to get screwed up in a really serious situation and and then we're going to question it. But then again, I'm all for improvement, and and this is moving in the right direction. So it is what it is to me because nothing's going to be perfect, and we're we're a system. We're in America. We just bitch about everything. So we're going to bitch no matter how they have it. So let's talk about that hypothetical. They're going to fuck it up. So we saw in a Red Sox Braves game the other day that the batter wasn't ready to hit with the eight second at the eight second mark of the pitch timer and the umpire called him a strike. Now that was on an already one, two count. So that ended the game. The umpire called it uh, called an automatic strike. Cause the batter wasn't ready to go. Was the batter off. in the box? He was not engaged with the pitcher. What is that? That's very like subjective. It feels like. It could be, but again, you know baseball. We all know baseball. Engaged with the pitcher means you're in your stance, you're ready to hit. If you're in the box, sometimes you're not always 100% ready to hit. Sure, but I could also argue... You're ready to hit. I mean, there's so many arguments to be made, not to play devil's advocate here, but I'm going to. It's like... No, you can. Maybe I didn't seem ready to you, but it's like, at the very least, I could have fouled off that pitch, just flicked my hands at it. From what I've heard, I was, you know, in in my opinion, it's like I was in the box, which, by all by all accounts, like if the batter's in the box and the umpire is not, like holding his hands up, it's like it's time to go. Even in the past, so you know you've seen it before with quick pitching, where a hitter's not ready and then somebody quick pitches him because the umpire didn't grant him the extra time, and right. they just flick their hands at it to try and foul it off or they swing and miss or whatever. For me, yep. it's just like now we're le- now the onus is on the umpire. Now even more when we complain about the umpires as it is and say, oh, we need robotic umps as it is. Now we're adding another thing on their plate where they're going to determine whether or not they think the hitter's ready. Yeah, no, I hear that concern, and that's certainly been a point of emphasis. From what I've heard listening to like the Tim Kirchins and the Buster Olneys and the Jeff Passons talk about this, there are very strict – regulations of what it means 
uh, to be engaged with the pitcher for the hitter's sake or for the pitcher to be engaged with the hitter. So as we know, you can be in a batter's box, but if you're if your bat isn't ready and you're not in your stance, that's very different than being engaged with the pitcher, which means you're squared up, you're in your stance, and your intent is to make contact with the ball or, or act upon the pitch that's being thrown, right? It's the same with the pitcher. You can be on the bump, but if you're kind of – you know, your glove isn't set and you're and you're not ready to throw or you haven't gotten the sign yet. And you're kind of lollygagging. You're you're not intending to pitch. So that's where this timer's coming in of let's get rid of the, this is what they're saying, not me. But let's get rid of the gray area. We all know when a batter is, tr- is is ready to hit. We all know when a pitcher is ready to throw a pitch. So let's use that and let's not try to get cute with it. Um and I think for the most part, batters and pitchers are on the same page and umpires are going to be on the same page. You just worry about some of those umpires that love to have, you know, the power trip of almost of taking over a game. Yeah, no, that's that's always the concern. It was the concern before with less rules in place and now it's going to be even more so. Um but again, I think the grand scheme of things here is baseball is trying. At least they're trying to make the sport better, and I'm I'm gonna be accepting of it and and try and have a good attitude about it and, and enjoy it. There have been a couple of uh, there have been a couple of like lapse videos on Twitter that have really shed a light into how much time is wasted in between at bats or in between pitches. Um, there's a video from the 2016 World Series where David Ross was hitting against a Cleveland pitcher. And they did an overlay of a Jose Altuve inside the park home run. Regular time. He completed the entire trip around the bases four times in between the time a pitch was thrown in that World Series. So that's where we're talking about. We're, we're talking about a time in which these guys have their routines, both pitchers and hitters, where we need to cut out that bullshit. There has to be more action. Tom, last year, here's a stat for you, was the, was the longest time in recorded MLB history of time in between action, action meaning a ball hit in play. It was almost three minutes and 40 seconds. Going back to even as far as the 19. 19- 50s and if you want to get a little more recent in like the 1980s that was about two minutes and 35 seconds so we're almost at the point where now it's we're a minute and 10 seconds more in between pitches than we were 30 40 years ago yeah and that's why this game is where it's been incredibly stale no i get it um I, I again I like I like the changes that they made and I just think it's there's going to be a gro- there's going to be a lot of growing pains but this has never been done before so we're all just going to have to grow with it and and just grin and bear it um I don't know I don't I don't think I have any more questions behind that um it just seems a little complicated and the umpires get enough wrong as it is and I would have preferred to have seen them just do like I, I understand there's only one clock when you're talking about there's one clock, but there's multiple time limits. I just wish mm-hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say is they put one time limit of like thirty five seconds, whatever whatever the sweet spot number is with all this research that I'm sur- sure they did behind it, 
and said 35, you know, whatever, whatever amount of time is up on the clock, you guys both got to be ready before that clock hits zero. And whoever is not ready, that's the one decision the umpire has to make right there. That's it. Oh, the batter wasn't completely engaged. Okay. Strike. The pitcher wasn't completely engaged. Okay. Ball. That's it. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's what they're doing. Like you said, though, they're, they're just chalking it up. into different points of that clock. And I understand why, because pitchers already now within that 20 or 15 second time have the ability to dictate the pace of this. Right. So if you give them the 35 or 40 second timer, they could just get the ball and throw it where hitters would be like, yo, I, I have 38 seconds left. What the fuck? Uh, so that's why they're, they're putting all these different stipulations within that 20 or uh, 20 or 30 second timer between hitters where, okay, we're, we're going to be able to allow each of these players to have their own tempo and pace fairly. And now we're going to get ready to go. Um, as far as your point about, yeah, there's going to be probably some bumpy points. Well, that's why spring training is five weeks long and these teams are playing damn near every day. I also think that's really important that we can talk about if you want the world baseball classic starts next week when the world baseball classic is not implementing any of these rules. So the players who are leaving their spring training camps and going to play in the WBC, I'm all for it. It's going to be awesome. It's really cool. Hasn't been one since 2017. But they're going to have a tough adjustment with coming back with only about a week and a half left of spring training as opposed to the players who are staying in spring training and getting all of these reps and getting acclimated to the new to the new rules. Yeah, that is something. I mean, it feels like something that we haven't really seen before in sports. Because, you know, you have the USA basketball, but it's like either those guys play or they don't. Regardless, you know, the offseason is the offseason with baseball. It's like they're missing out on some valuable time here. Absolutely true. Um, And let's be honest, all these other sports have – made significant rule changes in the past. The NFL seems to do it literally every single year. Baseball has been adamant about not changing. So in years past, man, where we could have had, okay, well, this year we're going to do the bases, or this year we're going to do the pitch timer, or this year we're going to do whatever, they're all doing it at once because they're like, we don't have time to roll these out. The other benefit, too, is the teams that are a little bit younger or promoting minor leaguers or have younger rosters, these guys are all used to it. The pitch timer has been used in the minor leagues now for about three, four years. Very true. So all these prospects coming up are very acclimated to the pace of play. Yeah, no doubt. Teams like the Marlins and the and the um, Orioles and the uh, you name a team with a lot of minor leaguers and p- the Pirates, seemingly a minor league roster there. They'll they'll be much more apt to it and we'll see maybe some of these teams get off to a hot start because of the fact that they're just more settled into it i think that's a really good point um and again why they are rolling this out at the beginning of spring training the hope is you have that situation like i referenced earlier with the red sox and braves on that walk-off strike call that's not going to happen on on march 30th that's going to happen on march 1st because these players will have a whole month to get used to it. Uh, I know. and But so. also, you know, if that did happen in 
July. They obviously the even the guy they got out or whatever just kind of laughed it off or whatnot, but they wouldn't be laughing in July. No, no. And again, I think your your question about the umpires is very fair. But I guess the retort would be, and I and I would put myself in this camp is these players are multi multi millionaires. These players are professionals. They're the best in the world at what they do. Fucking figure it out. Let's go. Like, yeah, that's always the adage. Athletes make adjustments, right? Figure it out. Mm -hmm. No, I'm all for it. I am all for it. I just, for my brain, I'd like it to be a little less, a little less complicated. But then again, you made the really good point of, you know, not pitchers couldn't necessarily cheat, but they could. They could use the rules to their advantage where the second the batter gets in the box before he even looks at the pitcher, he could just throw a strike. For sure. Um, So let's stay with kind of this pitch clock criteria. So the next on the docket are step-offs and disengagements from the rubber. So pitchers are allowed now two disengagements slash step-offs per plate appearance with runners on base. Obviously, um, with runners on base, we've seen it time and time again, Tom. Do step-offs count? Do step-offs count as throwing over? Yes. Oh. I don't so know if I get that base stealer. I don't know. I don't know if I like that because I feel like that gives the the base stealer somewhat of a competitive advantage because let's say, you know, you have a real speedster on first base and so and so threw over twice already, he knows that he's not gonna get thrown over at again and, and, and it's a green light special. Oh, you'd be right. That's, you would be right. That doesn't seem Fair. I mean, stolen bases are going to go up this year, which is cool. They're going to skyrocket. But that just doesn't seem – and listen, there's no way to really fix it because some of the throwover things get really absurd, especially when there's a guy warming up in the pen and the pitching coach comes out and says, can you give us you know, two minutes in this at bat? Right and waste time, and then the step-offs get a little ridiculous and throwovers, and you hear the boos and whatnot. But just looking at it from a pitcher's perspective, it's like I've got, you know, Jazz Chisholm on first base with one out, and it's it's clearly a steal situation here. And I already used my two throwovers, and I see him with the fattest lead ever. It's like the only thing that can really combat that now is a pitch out, and then you're just giving away a ball to – whoever's hitting behind him and, and and that's probably the two three hitter and you don't really want to get behind them in the count. It's, it's a tough situation. Really good job by you to detail that scenario. That's a hundred percent what's going to happen. And once again, it is opening the Pandora's box for more action, which is what baseball wants. Now, the one thing that I will push back on a little bit on people who say, well, you know, stolen bases are going to go back to what they were in the eighties when you have your, you know, Ricky Henderson's and uh, Vince Coleman's. Of no, the, world. The, the game has fundamentally changed. It's not going to be that exactly, crazy. Exactly. They're still heavily analytical driven teams that do not want to potentially risk any of the so sacred 27 outs. I do think so, they will go up, though. No, they're going to go up for sure. And especially when we talk about the bigger bases here in a little bit. There's going to be a, there's a lot of advantages now for players who are who are base stealers and even for players who are not normal base stealers. I think this is going to be a great opportunity for those players who are great base runners or maybe steal at a clip of like 15 out of 17 for a year. That m- number might go up to like 22 of 25. 
22-26, something like that. You're going to uh, see a lot more hear- pitch outs this year. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But I just think the whole like the the whole thing that combats the running game is the is the is like if somebody has a really good move to first base like that's something you you think about and for that to just be straight up taken away to where the guy that's stealing a base only has to think about one thing and that's getting a good jump as opposed to having to think about two things which is watching if he's a right-hander watching that pitcher's back leg and getting ready to get back and take your momentum the complete opposite direction. Now all he's got to think about is the second that leg goes up, I'm gone. Exactly. Um, so there's the negative sides of it from you know the pitcher standpoint. But I also see what baseball is trying to do in terms of you're laying out the scenario where the pitcher's intent is literally to pick somebody off. There are a lot of throwovers, as you mentioned before, where that's not the intent at all. No, where the yeah. pitcher's just simply you see a lot like of lazy afraid to throw the pitch to the batter, and it's like four straight pickoffs when fucking uh, I don't know um, John Carlos stands at first, right, or a David Ortiz is at first. It's like you shouldn't even have the option to throw the ball to first there um, with some of these guys. So I, I understand where baseball is coming in from that standpoint of. No, 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 no more dicking around. Like, let's let's get ready to go. Like, one rule change that I thought was great that's really helped the game is obviously uh, a couple years ago when they implemented the rule that a bat a pitcher had to face the minimum of three hitters in an inning, and that made managers be a little bit more diligent with how they manage their bullpens and how what kind of pitchers they had on their roster. Yeah, I was going to um, say not only that it completely changed an MLB roster as well. Yep. For sure. And I you think can't that have those specialists see... to get one batter out anymore. Right. And I think we're going to start seeing that now with teams that deploy certain players that are A-plus base dealers or super versatile uh, position-wise. We've already kind of seen that, but I think we're going to see that even more so. Uh, the last point there is if the pitcher does try to disengage during an at-bat more than twice, the batter... Um, the batter is awarded with a ball, so or the uh, pit, yeah, the batter is awarded with the ball. So, oh, in that uh, situation, you might as well throw a pitch out if you're going to give up the ball, anyways. Exactly. Um, within those two disengagements, though, Tom, that are that are allowed, uh, whether the pitcher is working from the windup or the stretch, um, the disengagement will reset the clock, uh, which makes sense, obviously, for both the pitcher and the hitter. Fair. Um, so we're pretty much easy there. And then from the batter's perspective, the last piece of uh, of criteria in this category is batters are allowed one full timeout per plate appearance. That timeout is going to be 30 seconds, uh, just like it would be in between batters. So a timeout, what constitutes a timeout is basically, essentially what you're trying to say I, from what I'm taking is a batter's allowed to step out of the box once. Yep. Exactly. Easy Got something peasy. in his eye, needs to adjust his batting gloves, that thing. Easy peasy. I like that. I feel like you're going to see a lot of a lot of hitters getting, you know, jelly legs where they're about to step out and then oh shit and then they try and pivot back in. That'll be funny. It's going to be funny. Yeah, no more no mars. You're not going to see any more of that of those shenanigans. And again, I I I think that you and I have been very steadfast in our in our criticism about baseball um 
But I think from what their intent is, and even with great rules, sometimes comes some tough um, actions and maybe some rough consequences. But as long as the intention of growing the game and making the game better is present, I really can't complain about any of this pitch clock stuff. And again, it's been going on in the minor leagues for several years now. And, Tom, it's drastically shaved off times of the game. I'll give you one stat here that I saw before we go into um, some other things. But you're going to find this pretty amazing. I think the listeners will, too. You know spring training games can be absolute slogs. You have major leaguers who are just trying to get their work in. you got some minor leaguers that can't throw the ball over the plate. There's a 1,000 pitching changes, this, that, and the third. The average spring training game length for the first week of spring training Two hours and 36 minutes. That's down 38 minutes from the first week of spring training games last year. It's a nice, brisk game. Sit down on the couch after work and enjoy it. That's it. And again, there's still plenty of action. There's still the cat and mouse game between pitcher and hitter. It's just a little bit more sped up. It's like listening to a podcast on a slightly accelerated 2x. Yeah. Yeah. I see what I'm interested to see is. I feel like this does, I wouldn't necessarily get, say give anybody a competitive advantage, but there is a way that you could create a competitive advantage. Like let's say you're the very analytically driven Oakland Athletics and you go out and you take a couple pitchers that you wouldn't normally take because you have guys that are better, but these guys are very fast to the plate. Like a like you have like four Wandy Peraltas. Um and then you also have, you know, two extra speedsters on your team that just put the ball in play and they get 40 stolen bases this year. That could equate to like maybe five more wins than you would have gotten. I'm really happy you mentioned that. You're 100% right. I think teams are going to build bullpens a little differently, build starting rotations a little differently. Obviously, power pitchers are always going to be prioritized. But even some of these power pitchers, I can't wait to see the stats of what average velocity per pitch is with some of these guys like Scherzer, Verlander, and Cole because you're not going to have time to walk around the mound, regather yourself, and empty the tank. I mean, guys like Araldis Chapman, obviously in his prime, I mean, dude, he would take like a minute plus in between because he was throwing 105 miles an hour. I think guys that are perpetually throwing 99, 100 on the, on the pitch clock that we're used to seeing, I think you're going to start seeing those be around 95, 96, and obviously that'll trickle down the rest of the way. Yeah, and then you're really going to see who's just got that free-flowing arm, that easy velo, because there's some guys in the league where they'll just step on the mound and throw 100, but it's not all of them. No, and again, I think you know these pitchers, we're going to see them start to get fatigued a little more. I hope we don't see more arm injuries, but I think that if pitchers are trying to throw the same way, like a Jacob deGrom has in the past, who already has injury concerns, they try to pitch the same way. They're going to just burn themselves out. They're not going to have the stamina to go four or five, even probably six innings. Yeah. No, it is interesting. And then you have to break into the bullpen. You better have some guys that can throw strikes pretty fast there. Um, it is going to change the game. Um, and, and I'm assuming they're very committed to these rules. Like It's not going to be one of those things where – Halfway through the season, they're like, uh, yeah, maybe five years from now, but right now it's just fucking everything up. No, they're committed to it. Uh, they've been committed to it. It was just a matter of when it was going to reach MLB and, and the time has finally come. So let's move on down to the shift restrictions. So 
pretty easy here, Tom. Uh, we finally have a change. A uh, defensive team must have a minimum of four players on the infield with at least two players on each side of second base. So we're no longer going to see four outfield configurations. We're no longer with the power hitters. We're no longer going to see, obviously, the David Ortiz shift anymore. And now when you say that you can still have – you have to have two guys on the, each side of second base – you can still shift to basically right where second base is if you're the shortstop and you're facing a lefty. So you can still take away some of those up-the-middle hits that forever we were conditioned to being base hits and over the last few years be conditioned to those being outs. You still might see some of those. It just won't be as drastic. Yeah, I was going to say Ortiz and Teixeira must be pissed this didn't come quicker. Oh, absolutely. Brian McCann, a whole list of them. I mean, Anthony Rizzo hit two twenty-five last year. If they played, they played out what his stats would be if there was no shift. He's a two fifty one hitter. I mean, that already is a lot of, of change. I mean, that's you know, he's perfect. Not, you know, yeah, he's not battling Ted Williams here, but that's that's a huge difference. That's, that's it is. A couple, but you also have yeah. to take into account all the hitters that hit low. It's just going to raise the bar a little bit. For sure, and and you're not going to see batters change their approach. I mean, Joey Gallo, who's now a twin, is still going to wail and bail, strike out probably 200 times, and 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 hit some bombs. But he will get some of those hits that he wasn't getting the last couple of years. And you're seeing the guy whose average was in the 170s probably go back up to you know 210, which is where he was for a long time. So I like it. Uh, do you have any complaints with the shift? Do you like that what they're doing is? is fair for both pitchers and hitters. No, I love that. I, I I was an advocate of the shift at the beginning because I thought it was a way for teams like the Rays who kind of invented the mega shift with Joe Madden to get a competitive advantage. But then it just kind of got a little over the top for me. I agree. I think, you know, in baseball, such a geometrical game. And for a hundred and something years, we knew when a ball was you know, when a batter made contact with the ball, where it was hit was going to be a hit or be an out. And over the last 10 years, we've completely changed that. Uh, so it'll be nice to get some of that back now. Yep. All right. What's next? All right. Bigger bases. First base, second base, and third base have been lengthened from 15 inches to 18 inches. Home plate remains unchanged. This allows for more stolen bases, as we talked about with the pitch timer, and also less collisions on the base paths. Um, I don't mind it. Again, I understand why they're doing it. They don't want to have those broken and jammed fingers anymore. Um, but what I was hoping to find out, and they're not getting rid of it, is the oven mitts that some of these players use. Those are still going to be allowed, which I don't love because now some of those guys really, if they want to, can just run wild. What don't you like about the oven mitts? It just gives you an extra couple inches of, of, of extension on your slide. Are they that big? I've never worn one. Yeah, man. They, they're definitely not just covering your, your fingertips. It goes out there. Well, hopefully it benefits the Yankees. I don't know. I don't know. Tyler Wade, <laughs> they, they traded back for. I don't know if he'll be playing on the big league team. Although I think he'd be a competitive advantage for the Yankees. Do you think he'll make the team? I don't think he'll make the team. But, I, again, I think that when you have a guy like potentially Anthony Volpe or players of that ilk that yeah they're you're going to see a lot of stolen bases he stole second and third in consecutive pitches the other day uh but again he's used to the minor league rules and he's using his speed as a, as a pure well, where's he going to be playing not to get into the Yankees talk but 
Uh, if I were to guess, he'll start the season in AAA like Glaber did great. that year. And great. Be ups. Just fucking great. The same team. Whatever. Let's get back to the MLB as a whole. Peraz is a short, which sounds like he'll have he has the advantage in that. Okay. Well, Donaldson's still playing, and I'm not happy about that. And I'm going to go back to the old tapes where you promised me he wouldn't. I never promised you shit. Um, all right. Moving on. Extra innings. This is the last piece here. We were hoping that, the, at least I was, I don't know how you felt, but I was hoping the Ghost Runner would go away. I'm sick and tired of it, but it's staying. So Carnival Baseball will resume for 2023 and beyond. The Manfred Man, whatever the hell they want to call it. I just think it's stupid. It, it, it really doesn't change a lot of these extra innings. Like, no. we haven't had a more than 13-inning game since they implemented it in 2020. Great. My thing there's is, there's still plenty of 10, 11, and 12-inning games. You get to 15 innings and just, you know, what's wrong with a tie? They have them in hockey. They have them in, they have them in soccer. Just call it a draw. I mean, if that's what you want to do, at least we're playing real baseball as opposed to this runner in scoring position the second we get to the fucking 10th inning. Also, teams don't change their fucking approach, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. I watched a lot of games where the where you know the Yankees had their it's not like they're bunting guy on, and they don't even leave second base. Yeah, it's not like they're bunting them over to third, where where a bloop single scores him, or even a ground ball puts some heat on him. No, so I think it's dumb. And again, I I understand where baseball is coming from. We don't want super long innings, especially in the middle of the season. It burns out bullpens, burns out arms. Well, that's the whole point of. GMs getting paid what they get paid and managers getting paid what they get paid. You're supposed to navigate and massage a bullpen and be ready for those crazy long. And the other thing I think is funny is they, they're trying to prevent, you know, position players from pitching or whatever, but they never pitch in those close ass games. Anyways, it's always in the 17 to nothing blowouts. So what does that matter? Exactly. Exactly. And they got rid of that too. So no, no more position pitchers pitching or position players pitching. So it's like, you have to have a good farm system. You have to know who's on your 40 man. You have to know who you want to designate as your 27th guy for double headers. Like this is all what teams are supposed to be getting paid yep. to do. We didn't get a lot of 18 inning games before this stupid rule. Anyway, I just think you ended it unless it's the playoffs, then just play on until, you know, next year if you have to. But in the regular season, I just think ended it a nice even number or a nice square number in 15 and, and call it a day. Yeah, I have no problems with that. I know baseball's never had ties, but you know what? Other sports have, and they've survived just fine. Um, and that's the other thing, dude, is in the playoffs, they won't have this rule. It's only a regular season. So, Stupid. again, it's really dumb. Um, that's it, man. So what do you think is going to happen? What do you What do you think the pace of play is going to be like? Is it going to take you a while to get used to it, or do you think you're just going to settle in and be cool watching it? I'm going to settle in and be cool watching it um, I'm, because, again, whenever the NFL makes a rule change or, or you know anything, Rosillo says it all the time, we're going to bitch no matter what, so I'm just going to try not to bitch. Um, but there will be many a debate. Um not that people really talk baseball anymore, but on baseball topics, there will be a debate when something big happens due to these rules. Um, I think we're just, you're going to look for your big base stealers, bet the overs on their steals. Uh, there is going to be a tick up on that. I don't think we're going to go, like you said, back to 1980s where it was put the ball in play and hit and runs and bunts and whatever. But those guys that have the green light will have the fluorescent green light now, especially when the guys have to step off. And I, I think you're going to see um, 
a lot of guy. It's gonna be. It's gonna be weird. There's gonna be situations where a guy that you didn't really expect to perform well is going to perform well because they're comfortable with this. Allah, uh, not that he was ever bad, but I feel like a Wandy Peralta could could go into you know July with a sub one ERA because he just has a knack for this. And then there's gonna be guys like I don't know who takes forever to pitch. Uh, give me a guy that takes forever to pitch, whoever you want to say. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I think that there's going to be some guys that you expect to be at a certain number, and they're going to be struggling at the beginning. Yeah, I just think of those hard-throwing relievers. Those guys always have my eye because, obviously, they're throwing max effort. I don't know if Chapman's pitching this year or whatever uh, for whatever team. I know the Marlins picked him up. I don't know how that's going to work out. Oh, he's oh yes, he's with the Royals. Whatever, Chapman is going to have like a five ERA. Chapman might get cut because he's not going to be able to adjust to it. I mean, that's that's the thing is you're no longer going to see those kind of pitchers who are incapable of collecting themselves within twenty seconds. The and then, smart pitchers I, will be able to be just fine. I feel like a lot will come from this too because. I think, like you said, a lot of minor league hitters are used to it. A lot of minor league pitchers are used to it. So I think we're going to see a lot of young pitchers that you wouldn't necessarily see up this early, even so much as last year, just due to this rule because they're used to catching and throwing and making a quick decision on what pitch they want to throw and where. My prediction is that the pitchers are going to be ahead of the hitters on this one um, just because, A, the the opportunity for pitchers to really dictate the pace as Max Scherzer talked about of, you know, if I get the ball and there's 18 seconds on the timer and I'm ready to throw, I'm going to be ready to fucking throw. Whereas it's also, it's also really going to show who (laughs) I hate to say worked on this, but who practiced this? Yeah. You know what, what hitter was even in the cage thinking, you know, had a clock up and during batting practice in their free time had, was, was, not stepping out of the box and making sure that their their timing was right even pre-pitch and the same thing with pitchers. Well, I think the the hitters who want to stay in the box like Aaron Judge basically never leaves the batter's box during an at bat. Yeah, like, it probably really. won't even phase him. No, and I I think it's going to I think he's going to love it. I think those kind of hitters are going to love it cuz they're like finally I've been ready to hit. You motherfuckers have been taking your sweet old time walking around the mound, grabbing the rosin bag, all that shit. I'm ready to go. Let's let's fucking go. And with some diminished velocity, some batters are going to be really good. I just think for the most part, at least from the onset, maybe the first couple weeks or month of the season, the pitchers will be a little bit ahead of the hitters as far as, you know, any any opportunity to gain an advantage, they're going to gain. And the really cerebral pitchers, the, the vets, I keep saying Scherzer, but pitchers of that ilk, the Garrett Coles of the world, the Verlanders of the world, they're going to be like, yeah, I, I am absolutely going to maybe one pitch, I'm going to throw it with 17 seconds on the timer. Maybe the next pitch, I'm going to wait till there's two seconds on the timer. Like, really fuck with the hitter's timing, and it's then going to be up to them to have to adjust. Yeah. No, I, I like all the rule changes. I think there is going to be some statistical uh you know, adjustments or, or whatnot, there's, there's going to be a change in the numbers, but it's all going to be for the better. I think, you know, if we don't have to have the four hour, uh, Thursday, like a, like a Yankee game tonight, instead of it going four hours, it goes two hours and 45 minutes. That's, that's beautiful to me, even though I still can't fucking watch them unless I stream it off my phone, but still. No, I listen, I absolutely agree with you. And, and, and this has been 
we have been consistent on this. I know you and I have talked about it when when MLB was talking about instituting these rules. You and I don't have a problem with the length of game sometimes. I don't care if there's a three-hour and ten-minute game. If it's a good game and it's well-paced, I can't stand those marathons and those slogs that have that are four to five, four to three games, five to four games that take three three hours and 40 minutes there's no yeah. world in which that should happen when you're sitting in your you know they're playing seattle and it's two o'clock in the morning and you're like <laughs> well i've watched the game this long but i have to be in work at work in five hours like exactly what, do i go to bed now or do i just you know i've already committed to this and you go through that decision 120 times throughout the year for sure for sure I mean, listen, the NBA, an average NBA game is about two and a half hours. And the playoffs maybe gets to about three. Sometimes you have longer games. But, again, for me, it's all about pace of play. If refs are going to call every ticky-tack foul, those games are going to take a lot longer. If they're going to review every single potential out of bounds, those games are going to take longer. And NBA has the problems on their hands, too. But for the most part, I know if I'm turning on an NBA game that starts at noon, I know that game's over before three. And I'm excited for baseball to fall into line with that as well. Yeah, I hope you're right. Um, it is going to be interesting. Let's hope that the Yankees uh, were a little proactive, but I don't think they will be, to be honest. I think that they're going to stick to their bullshit analytics that haven't worked for them for however long to, to win a championship, and that's just going to be the way it is. There's still going to be a lot of teams that build around power and guys that swing and miss. Those things are not going to change. Yep. Um, but at least when a guy strikes out for his fourth time at the game, <laughs> Josh Donaldson, um <laughs> I I, uh, I will know at least that a bat takes a minute and ten seconds as opposed to five minutes. Yep. No, I couldn't agree more. Cool. All right, man. I think we touched on all of it. Uh, we're both excited. We're a month away. A uh, month away today from opening day. So pretty freaking cool. Very awesome. Um, we will be back most likely next Monday with a rundown, and then we got a little something for you later in the week as well. Excellent. Can't wait. All right, everybody. Take care.